Hello, Patriots. I'm Lee Watts, and you're listening to Patriot Point Radio, your source for Kentucky news and analysis from a conservative, Christian, and common sense point of view. Well, the big news going on in the Commonwealth right now is the state legislature has been called into emergency session. Normally during this time of year, the legislature is out of session, not passing any new laws. But Andy Bashir has called them in to deal with several COVID-19 issues. Basically, he wants all of his power back. He wants to be able to shut things down and issue all these mandates. And the law and recent court rulings have said you are not allowed to do that. So he has called the legislature in to try to pressure them into doing several things. And we're going to be reporting on what they have done so far, some of the things they are considering, and some of the things they have not done. Now, first of all, uh, some people are talking about, well, there's all these talks from these people saying that they want to extend eviction moratoriums and massive lockdowns and statewide mask mandates. These are being proposed by the Democratic members of the legislature. And just to put everybody's minds at ease, these things have no chance at all of getting passed during this emergency session. Yes, that is what the leftists want. They're giving their speeches for it. That has no chance at all of actually getting passed into law with a supermajority of the Republicans in both the Senate and the House. So, yes, there are legislators talking about those things, but that doesn't mean that those things are actually going to be happening. Now, what is going to be happening? First of all, the legislature has passed what is called House Joint Resolution Number 1. Now, bills that become law, they have to go through a three-day waiting process as they are read for one time, and then they go to committees, then they're read again, they go before the floor. But a resolution does not have those same restrictions. So House Joint Resolution 1 has been passed, and that includes provisions that would allow for several things. First of all, it would waive licensing requirements for out-of-state medical providers. Right now, if you want to practice medicine, you've got to be certified by the state of Kentucky. Uh, but this would allow, if you've been certified by another state, you could practice medicine here in Kentucky. Uh, it would enforce price-gouging laws. It suspends some building code requirements for hospitals and their overflow areas, and uh, it affects some state licensure boards. One of the things it does not do, it does not implement a state-required vaccination. There was actually a law passed this year which specifically prevents that. It was Senate Bill 8, which did become law, and this specifically prohibits the state of Kentucky from forcing you to get a vaccination against your will. So no state agency at all in any level of the state is allowed to mandate that. This bill does not protect you from private people trying to do this. So like your employer says you get it or that's it. Or uh, your school does not protect from private employers, stores, or businesses. It does stop the state of Kentucky from doing this. One of the things they also did is say we're not going to issue a statewide mask mandate. Now, here's one of the issues that is, uh, I think, a super huge issue with this, is they're wanting to push this down to the local level. And so here's a bunch of the problems. They say there's a bunch of these things. We are not going to allow the governor to issue mandates on masks and all these other restrictions. We're going to, however, push this down 
to the local level. What this would be doing is exchanging the tyranny of the governor for the tyranny of the county judge executive or of the mayor. And it will create mass confusion in our state if this is pushed down to the local level. Because you can go to one town and there's this one set of rules. You go to another town and you're like, hey, no, you've actually got freedoms here. And it's going to cause mass confusion. The people should be protected not only from these mandates and restrictions set upon them by the governor, they should be protected from these same restrictions and loss of liberty from anybody else that would try to do that to them. So I hope that you will contact your members in the House and in the Senate there in Kentucky, not Washington, in Kentucky, and say, listen, don't push this down to the local level and exchange the tyranny of the governor for the tyranny of somebody else. At a lower level, we want our freedom. Let's talk about some of the things that this uh, House Joint Resolution 1 does do. First of all, it does make Kentucky meet the requirements to get federal money because we are in a state of emergency. And I'll just say this, the more money that the federal government gives you is the more that the federal government controls you. The government ever gives you something, you are no longer a private business if you're getting money from the government. And your entire business model will become dependent on that flow of money. And it's the same thing with the state of Kentucky. The more that we are dependent upon the federal government, the less we are dependent upon ourselves. The more that you can take care of yourself, the more liberty that you have to do things as you see fit. And that is why we need to get Kentucky weaned off of this federal money, and we need to get Kentuckians back to work building our own economy in a sustainable model, not one that is leaning on a crutch upon federal dollars. 24 states have already ended their state of emergency, and it is well past time that Kentucky stop pushing this agenda, stop being bribed by the liberal Biden administration, put Kentuckians back to work, and let them rely on themselves. But as long as this emergency exists, there are special powers that go along with that. And if somebody, anybody in government gets special powers because of the emergency, There will always be an emergency. Here's one of the big questions. What is the criteria for saying the emergency is over? There's never been criteria set out for when this will be done. No goalpost. COVID is never going away in in all of history. It will always be here in some form. And so many things are being called COVID now, which are not COVID. The CDC reported that in the year 2019, we had 38 million cases of the regular flu. But in 2020, they said there was only 1,900 some odd cases of the regular flu in 2020. Well, I think I just found in the CDC's own records 37,999,000 fake cases of COVID-19. While it is a real virus, I believe wholeheartedly right now there are massive amounts of other things which are making people sick or they're dying from that is now being called COVID-19. 
I was preaching up at a church in northern Kentucky here last month, had a guy there that worked for the uh, county coroner, and they said, yeah, they'll fill out death certificates saying somebody died of a heart disease or of a stroke or whatever. And they say, and our death certificates kept being changed to the cause of death being COVID-19, which it was not that, and we filled it out originally saying it was something else. So that's part of the problem. Those are some of the things that this House Joint Resolution does do. Let me tell you some of the things it does not do. It does not allow Andy Bashir to declare a new emergency on the same or similar facts. Because he basically gets 30 days to declare an emergency, and they're like, all right, listen, you can't just say this is slightly different and get 30 more days of power. So they, they cut that off, nip that in the bud. That's a good thing. It also does not allow Andy Bashir to issue new or renew his mandates or bans on church services and business shutdowns and mask mandates. So this specifically keeps the governor from closing your business, from making you wear a mask, or from closing your church. So that's all good stuff. Uh, And that's where we have to look at these bills, because they will contain some good things which we could support. However, don't let somebody come up and just tell you about the good things and then just ignore the rest. Just because a bill contains some good things, that does not give a bill a free pass that also contains several bad things. So, and that I'm not talking about House Joint Resolution 1 in specific. This is just a general statement on bills, any bill, whether it be on the state level or the federal level. People selling it are going to tell you, hey, look at this good thing that it does. And then they're going to ignore the bad thing. But if you read into it, it may do some bad things just because it does some good, does not give it a reason to let the bad things be made into law. And there's been far too much of that. We have far too many people who are in office at all different levels who will say, well, listen, I'm for I'm for life and I'm for guns. While that is great and that is uh, that's needed in my book, that does not give you a free pass to do these other things which are bad for the people that are anti-constitutional, anti-religious principle, anti-liberty. Let's talk about some of the other things that this uh, bill they passed does and does not do. It allows retired first responders to return to work during an emergency. Uh, it allows unemployment benefits for employees who contracted COVID while at work. It also extends the state of emergency, a separate one, that was issued for a flash flood in Nicholas County. Now, while that I'm fine with that, this issue should have been handled separately. And here's one of the dangers that we see in the way that the process is going, is that they will combine two separate issues into one thing when they should be separate, one-issue bills. Because now, if I want to extend the state of emergency in Nicholas County for a flash flood, which needs to happen, that is now hooked hip-to-hip with extending the emergency for COVID things. These issues should be handled separately. One of the ways to fix American government on every level is to have these single-issue bills and resolutions. This deals with this and not with something else. Because somebody will vote for what's a good thing, but to do that, you also are voting for this bad thing or vice versa. 
So one issue items is the single best idea to help really improve things. Now let's talk about Senate Bill 1 and House Bill 1. These is identical bills in both of the chambers. While it does do away with the statewide regulations saying that, you know, you have to wear a face mask in school or at a child care center, uh, while that's good, it just lets the Kentucky Department of Education and the uh, child care centers regulation boards just to put these regulations right back in as long as they don't do it the same way that they did before. And you'll notice this is what's already happening. Uh, The governor's mask orders and regulations, he changed those and he tweaked them just a little bit. Uh, This will get abused by the KDE and others in the executive branch just to get around this. And it's going to put all of these mandates and all this things back in just instead of it coming directly from the governor, he's going to use all these state agencies To put all this stuff back in, now instead of stopping it at one place, it's going to allow all these different agencies, all the local control, to issue all kinds of mandates that we were trying to keep the governor from doing to the people of Kentucky. This is going to be separating this power from one person and enabling all kinds of other people to do the exact same thing. Now, here's some good news. There are some very good amendments that have been proposed to these bills that would make them much better, something we could support. Senator Matt Caslin, he has introduced an amendment that would prohibit local school districts from mask mandating, uh, and also it removes the bribe to children to get the vaccine. Because you realize that's in there. They're going to spend money to basically bribe kids and promote this idea in the school that they get the shot. Uh, Representative Felicia Rayburn has also introduced a series of amendments that would prevent local school vaccine mandates. Uh, It removes the vaccine bribery provision. It would close a giant loophole that the KDAE is using to uh, reimpose uh, school mask mandates and ones being put on by child care centers. So there's a lot of good amendments. The legislature has an opportunity to really step up and provide some wonderful leadership. Please do not pass this down uh, to somebody else at the local level and ask them to do the leading. You have been elected to do this. I hope that you'll call them and encourage them to do just that. No local option mandates. You can call the Capitol at 1-800-372-7181. That's 372-7181. Well, until next week, Be informed, be involved, be armed, and let freedom ring.